Arundel who will bring it away. Not out of danger yet though. Fraser holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. oh, 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 I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just it's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. Ball, it's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice! It's Spice! He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left and the big boy kicked the big Welcome to the Eastland Weekend Forecast. Massive weekend of football. It's week number three for us here, uh, and it is Anzac Day weekend, so plenty of football to cover from the Parker Cup tonight between Ringwood and Heathmont out at HE Park Reserve all the way to Tuesday where South Croydon and Blackburn will play in the Anzac Day marquee matchup. I'm Ryan Long, media manager of the Eastland Football Netball League, and joined today by Josh Ward and Matt Spider Lead as we dive into all five divisions of the senior men competition. Josh, I'm sure you're very excited. Also, the women's uh, starts yeah. this Saturday, so um, uh, tomorrow that is, or if you're yeah. listening to <laughs> on a Saturday, it starts uh, this morning. Will be some games on at the moment, but uh, a big weekend of football with both leagues back. It is a big weekend. It's exciting, you know, kicking off tonight. Tonight, the day the day we're recording out at AG Parker, and as you said, ending out at Cheong Park, and then you've got plenty in between. There's plenty of other. So there's plenty of others things happening as well. You've got the netball, you've got the junior football. More importantly, the women's football is back, and that's really exciting to see it back as well. And looking forward to well, looking to all the senior men's competi- senior men's divisions, and dis- discussing what is a, a big weekend of action and plenty of intriguing games there. Absolutely inspired. I believe you were out at East Burwood last weekend on the Saturday for the game. Yeah, well, it was. Good afternoon, everyone. Great to be here. So much going on. Looking forward to a big weekend in footy, the Anzac weekend. Always a very special one at all levels of football. We're going to witness a lot of great uh, competition across all the divisions and great to see the, the women also you know, playing their first round. Was out at uh, East Bird last week, so a really interesting contest. We'll talk about that a bit later on uh, during the program, but just want to acknowledge that uh, if you are out at uh, any of the Anzac Day games, you know, make sure you you know recognise what the people did sacrifice back Absolutely. in all the... Uh, you know, when all the wars and uh, atrocities that uh, have taken place and, uh, you know, the sacrifices that uh, they've made for this great country and where we sit currently because it's not, uh, you know, we just wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, you know, the sacrifices that were made, uh, you know, over, you know, generations back. So uh, we really acknowledge that and it's a special time. So if, you, if you're not going into the main dawn service in the city, get out to your local RSL on the weekend. If you see them rattling the tins... Uh, you know, make sure you, you know, contribute to that as well because it's a, it's a really great cause and you know, we just uh, salute everyone that was involved and the RSLs do such a great work and I know that a lot of those people will get along to the Eastern Football Netball League, in particular the South Croydon and Blackburn game on Tuesday yep. which we'll be covering but across all the league uh, throughout the course of the weekend I know there's a lot of ceremonies going to happen before the games and everyone can be a part of uh, what is a really uh, special time, uh, a part of being a part of the biggest games of the season and it's one thing that clubs do really really well these sort of weekends mm. they really show a lot of respect to um, everyone who has uh, lost their life and, and fought for our country and, and um, served our country over the years uh, and you know, that starts tonight at the Parker Cup. They do a nice uh, ceremony before yeah. the game. Anzac Day will be out there uh, for the South Croydon matchup, which, again, another um, 
really touching ceremony that they do beforehand. And um, I know, you know, even the game that we're going to t- tomorrow out at Tormore, they do the Anzac Day medals for the for the mm-hmm. best on ground, and that's something that a, a lot of clubs uh, take a lot of pride in in uh, doing. Uh, you know, just respect to uh, for the. Um, Obviously, everyone who's uh, served think, our country, and I think we've got to recognise it's it's all about teaching and educating life. I mean, we all talk about game plans and tactical changes within games, and you know, we listen to coaches, but it's all about understanding what's come before us and what will come after us all. And so that's a really important lesson for life. So, you know, recognise it, be a part of it, and it's a, it's a real touching, you know, way to be a part of the uh, the Anzac uh, commemorative uh, services. So get along to your local Eastern Football Network ground and uh, be a part of it, join in, and you can uh, be a part of the last post and, and really just salute to everyone that's uh, sacrificed for this country. Spot on, Spider. So let's um, jump into Premier Division now for the weekend. We've got a lot to cover, so we'll start at the top. We'll go down and um, uh, make our way through the divisions, but uh, one of the interesting games tomorrow is, is Norwood versus Vermont, and we were just briefly talking about this off-air, that... Um, it, it it's puts the, the Eagles under a bit of pressure after losing that one at home against mm-hmm. Berwick that a, a couple of us, like myself, probably penciled in as a, as a win for the Eagles. Um, and they travelled to Norwood, who had a 70-point win over Doncaster uh, last week. They were very impressive. Rhett Jordan kicked six in that win. And they're uh, certainly going to be um, improved as well with, with Tweedy coming back in the side. Also Lockie Dixon. So a couple of big yeah. ins, Josh. And they take on Vermont, who, again, have made uh, a few changes. Uh, five players named in. Um, they've got a few emergencies there. But uh, Hawkins is one of those ins for the Eagles. But um, I think off, off the, the form that we saw from Norwood last week, they're going to be pretty tough to beat at home. Yeah, they will be. They'll be riding high after that win and getting Tristan Tweedy and and Lockie Dixon into the lineup. We've seen what well what Tristan Tweedy has been able to do the past couple of years and and Lockie Dixon what he was able to do when he was available last year. And you know, they they will be very confident against the Vermont side that that will be starting to I feel like having having doubts now having gone down to to Barry who I think I don't think they'd ever lost to to in their short nah. stint in short stint in the air. Oh, yeah, it was so, the first win for for Barry Coe and, and out of Vermont Recreation Reserve too, which is usually hard to play at. But um, yeah, they'll they'll be a bit da- a bit downing themselves. And you know, just looking at this Norwood lineup, Dixon and Dixon and Tweedy already had to what is a strong lineup with the likes of you know Liam O'Day who had a great debut debut last weekend, Yaron Jaffa Williams, Hugh Johnson. Uh, Jamie Bennell, Blair Hudson. There, there's a bit of talent there. And Vermont, there is talent, but yeah, it, it's it's a big matchup. Well, it's I think the big difference is it's the consistency. I mean, mm. we saw it last week for Nord. Yes, they played a an opposition that didn't go with them for any part of the game, really. Nord just basically did what they wanted for four quarters. Now they stepped it right up, put a lot of pressure on Doncaster. But for Vermont, there was times in the game where they were in control and then they lost control of the game. And you probably just start to wonder, uh, you take your mind back to last year when they went through those losing streaks and you just wonder, well, where's it all going wrong? Is it going wrong through the midfield or is it just their inability to be able to kick uh, winning scores? 
skills and and maybe perhaps it's just a lack of depth and maybe some trust within the within the playing group and yeah maybe just some of the younger players haven't come on as quick enough as what they probably would have liked so yes there's a lot of reliance on guys like uh, you know Lockie Johns and Greenwood and Hawkins who's been a, an outstanding player and had a really good season back in 2022 and we know they've got a lot of VFL players that come in and out of the side on a regular basis and so probably there's a little bit of chemistry that hasn't quite gelled yet but for this playing group it's a really big moment tomorrow against Norwood can they put it together for four quarters and show some signs that they're going to be a competitive team this year or are they going to be a team that is going to be in the bottom half of the of the ladder and really just going to be you know a week-to-week proposition and you know we're just going to see them go through the motions at periods of time during the year I think what we saw of Norwood, we expected them to win. Mm. But we did expect Vermont to win at home last week, and they failed that test. So that was a very disappointing effort from their playing group. So now we're looking for a response. How do they get that response? Well, they need to step it up in a few areas of their game with their ball. You spoke to some people that attended the game. They just said the turnovers you know, throughout the game was just a constant factor, and they said they've never seen Vermont turn the ball over as often and as frequently and as simple and basic as what they did during the games. Just the, the pressure from Berwick, which they exerted on the Eagles, was really interesting to watch and, and fascinating at times. So they're going to really have to identify you know some real weakness in Norwood's game and identified some ways through the chains the way Norwood plays so that they can put some scoreboard pressure. Dario kicks some goals. We know Kalkoski can do some damage up there. You know, we know Hawkins can kick him as well. But it's going to be guys like, uh, you know, through the midfield, Greenwood and Johns, who have to get on top early with this midfield. So the, the battle is going to be there right from the you know, the first bounce. So it's uh, it's game on, absolutely. Well, the thing is, Alex Greenwood isn't playing for Not playing, for Vermont, so, there you so go. And I don't think he played last he week. Play, no, the no, Eagles. No. So, yeah... There's that gap in in midfield, but yeah, it will come down to well, mainly Lockie Johns once again. Once again, but you got you got Lachlan Jenkins who can run through there. It's, it's it, it, I, th- it, I think what yeah, Spider just touched on it within that that it is still a very young side, and obviously <laughs> they were a, a young side last year, especially in the second half of the season when they did have those injuries. Uh, Robbie Ross again still not back in the side. I think he's key once once you get guys yeah. like him in. They do need that sort of. Um, those experience. extra leadership, ex- experienced players to um, feature in your, your best twenty-two to really stand up in in games like what we just saw on the weekend. You throw in a Robbie Ross, I don't think they lose that game to Berwick. Yeah. Um, and as you said, it's it's a, a trade of young sides where they can get on top, but when it goes the other way, it's hard to to regain control. And I think they just lost it in that last quarter, Spider. Yeah, they did. And I think the real key matchup for me tomorrow is the ruck between Wayne and Nielsen. I think that's going to be one that to see who can win that battle around the ground. We know that Hanlon uh, came into the side late last week and gave that little bit of a chop out and did and quite played, well. Played very well. So from all reports, you know, was a named among the best players. So it shows that he is capable at the level. Can he replicate it? Time will tell in a big game. So tomorrow is a real big test for this Eagles team who is certainly under pressure, a loss, and we still have then we start to really maybe have to start thinking about some questions on where this team is heading in twenty twenty three. So tips? 
I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay with Vermont. I, I've been right on the fence the last couple of days, but I just think there's too much on the line for Vermont not to get this win. I think they might just get home by a couple of goals, but would not surprise me. Nor would if they start well, they could put this game away if Vermont are not switched on. And Josh, they, I think they played a similar time last year in round two, where yeah. Norwood jumped to the gate, kicked the first six or seven. I uh, had a couple of injuries, and then Vermont made their way back into win by a couple of goals. Uh, are you expecting a, an Eagles win away uh, from home, or is, is Norwood too strong? Yeah, the thing is that game last year was out at Vermont Recreation right. Reserve, and the later in the year, Norwood, Norwood did win by six goals at Mullum Mullum, which is why I'm leading more towards the Norsemen. No disrespect to Vermont. I agree with Spider. They'll be desperate for a victory. And the and challenge is there, isn't it? I mean, you got Rick Jordan who kicked all those goals <laughs> last week. I mean, so they're going to have to stop them. And it's yeah. going to be there's going to be a lot of pressure on. And you've got Dylan Atkins up there as well, who, who, kicked, who kicked plenty of goals. Jaffa Williams and Benel had good games. Yeah. So that's going to cause some headaches so I, I'm leaning more towards Norwood but I think it, it's going to be a close game. I've actually got Norwood quite comfortably at, at home just with the way they went last year and maybe we mm. read into those round one results too much but uh, that's all we can do at the moment so Norwood for me uh, jumping into the next game uh, should be an absolute uh, ripper down at um, Seabeck over Roeville take on Baldwin in a, a, a big clash for the Hawks after they lost that game last week against Noble Park after Probably having control of it for three quarters yep. and then letting it slip, obviously, in the last quarter. We know what Noel Park did, putting putting on eight goals to, to nothing. But um, you take away that quarter, Spider, and you look at what they put out on the park in that first three quarters in pretty tough conditions. You'd, you'd be pretty happy with, with, with that performance. Not the last quarter, obviously, when they dropped off. But if you look at just the first three quarters, you can see exactly how they played last year and, and how they're going to probably perform pretty well this season. Look, you look back at the game and saw a fair bit of vision during the week, and you say for three quarters, Rover were just simply outstanding. I mean, the way that they played, they were first in at the ball, they moved the ball well. The four line was, you know, really competitive. Uh, they were they were scoring. They were putting pressure on a Noble Park defence, but then it just fell apart just near the back end of the third quarter for me. Couple of little moments just happened. You know, a couple of clearances and stoppages where it just appeared where Roval just some lazy little you know, things crept into their game. You know, maybe there was a couple of free kicks as well where they they just thought a few things started to come unstuck for me and they probably didn't address them at three-quarter time. And I, Perhaps they maybe thought that they had done enough and in the conditions that they would just go through the motions in that last quarter. They didn't really drive the pedal down in that last quarter when they should have, and they left the gate open just a fraction. I mean, to let a player like Sketcher, we know his quality, to go and, and run like he did and kick a couple of those amazing goals and some of those heroic acts, they were just you know, amazing in the way that you know the Bulls really took it up to them. They just didn't lie down. They said, "Well, we're not we're not going away. Like we won we won last year. You're, if you want to win on our ground, you're going to have to play this quarter out." Yeah. And they simply didn't. And I think that goes back to a little bit of coaching. I think, and it also goes back to a little bit of character of players. Sometimes you've got to step beyond that, and you have to be fully switched on for four quarters, and that's why they probably haven't been able to take that next step in recent times. Rival, they just well again. I think that comes down to you look at some of their players. It's a very young side. I thought they, yeah. I, I didn't really see much in. Um, 
much of an issue in that third quarter for them. They they put on a couple goals late and um, stretched that margin out to five goals. And and really, it's a funny foot game of football. Momentum's everything. But if body language, kicked, I kicked, think, if they kick one goal at in the first few minutes, it's that may you know you, you look at no park, they drop their heads and um, maybe uh, you, you hold on from there, but. Um, and they handled Sketcher, I think, all right for the first three quarters. He was playing really, really well, but they had their own players in. Someone like McDonald, um, uh, Colco was playing really well. Yeah. Um, they had their own stars that were getting plenty of the ball in the midfielding, and their delivery inside 50 was um, a lot better than Nobles for, mm. for the first three quarters, Josh. But um, you look at some of their, their ins and outs here. Uh, Lockie Wine comes back into the side. Um, Stainthorpe, who I thought was um, uh, outstanding last week, comes out with Flakemore, Wood and Young. And uh, you, you compare them to a, a Baldwin side who um, also bring in uh, Greenwood for the first time this year. I think this is... Uh, a really good game to to um, to watch if you're down in the area, Roval. Yeah, it definitely is. But uh, in fact, Charlie Haley is listed to play, and for he played over. quite well again last week in the VFL for the Swans. Yep. So yeah. there's some really good signs for him to say. Well, as Brenton Sanderson said to us in a pre-game interview a few weeks ago, why can't he be drafted potentially as a mature age? Yeah, because he has all the credentials and attributes. So it's good to see that he's playing some really good footy. He did play so well on Good Friday, then stepped it up again at VFLL, and he's once again playing uh, this weekend in a big game. And they need him because yep. this is going to come down to. And I think was thinking about this just recently. They won on a small ground against Blackburn at home. And now they're going on to a bigger ground. So this is a really big test for Brenton Sanderson and Ball and going to Roval. Off the back of what happened last week. How do Roval respond at home? They're so, certainly going to be, you know, they would be v- disappointed with their effort last week. So how will they respond? Will they be a little bit um, more cautious? Will they have more respect? Will they, you know, want to get that scoreboard pressure on early? Mm-hmm. What will they do to ensure that they can get off to a good start and not be flat from the outset? Because if they're flat at the first bounce, Baldwin could really get on top early and blow oh, this game open. Yeah, and we saw that last week, or two weeks ago now, with um, Baldwin's first half against Blackburn. Put the game out of mm. reach at halftime, despite um, Blackburn really making their way into the game uh, through through uh, the midfield um, after a couple of outs for Baldwin. But, um, and Bowen's missed one of those outs, who, who was injured. That is a big out. Um, in the, I think the second quarter uh, a couple I weeks ago so, yeah. against Blackburn. But one thing I think Roval will, will like is that it is dry conditions as far as I know. The last time I checked the radar, <laughs> the sun's out. So with the speed that they've got, they get the ball over the back yeah. a bit. Um, I think they'll be you know pretty good, pretty hard to beat at home. From Baldwin, just quickly, Josh, uh, what, what do you see from them? Obviously, as you said, Haley's yeah. uh, still listed in the side. Um, uh, I think that Cunningham and, and Smith are, are big outs and that they both mm. went down in that Blackburn game and they were both playing pretty well before that. But uh, overall, it's a really strong side and we it, talked about their forward line. Uh, it's going to yeah. cause some headaches for a lot of sides this uh, season. And, and their midfield as well will cause... It could cause headaches, especially with Levi Greenwood coming yep. in. That's a, that's a massive inclusion. If he was playing on Good Friday, the, the margin could have been a, a bit bigger, but... You know, it, it's all going to come down to to that midfield battle and the delivery that each forward line gets. And from the last two, from when we saw Rover, Rover last weekend and when we saw when we saw Bullen on Good Friday, both both midfields were delivering it to their forward lines. And I, I'm expecting no different here, especially in dry conditions. I think it, it's going to be it's going to be a shootout out so at Seabeck Oval. Your tip, Josh, for this one? Oh, I just 
I think Roval, they they always make it hard out at Seabeck, although their two losses last season in the regular season came out there, out there I believe. Yep. But... Um, you know, it, it's going to be a challenge for it's going to be a challenge for Bowen out there navigating the, those tricky conditions once more, and you know, bringing in Lockie Lockie Wind to the lineup just adds to that forward line. Him and Mav Taylor could potentially cause headaches for for the Bowen defence. Yes, there's some, some potential headaches for the Roval defence with the remarkably strong forward line of Bowen, but I just think they'll be able to hold up, and Roval will win the sh- win a bit of a shootout. Spider, you going with uh, Roval as well? You, I'm going to go for Roval just on the home ground factor. I just think on a bigger ground, I'm not sure that we're going to. I'm not sure what to expect from Baldwin yet on the on the bigger grounds. I'd like to have a bit more of a look, but I think in in essence, I've just got a bit of a feeling that Roval's forward line might just function a little bit more on the bigger ground, and that they're, they're going to be able to you know, get it in there, put a little bit more pressure on that ball and defence, they won't have it as easy as what they did on Good Friday and I think if you know, Brolic can get the ball going and moving through that you know, that middle corridor and they can get that lane running going and get those quick hands moving we know last week's conditions were tough but if this is a dry day and we know that they like to play that quick, fast, aggressive play that athletic style of play I just think they might be a little bit too quick for ball and you know, on that bigger ground so I think Rover We'll get over the line by just by a couple of goals, but expecting a really good contest. But they showed they can, you know. Obviously, they struggled in that last quarter, but they showed they can play in play in wet conditions as well. But, it, but this is all about response, and I think yeah. Ben will certainly have addressed that to get that response. And this mm. needs a response against a high quality team yep. in ball, and you need to do it because another performance like that last week presented at home this week, that's to me then says. There's potentially a problem with, you know, is it between coaches and players not connecting? There's a message that's not getting through. Uh, what What is it from that point of view? So it's a really important thing for them to restructure it uh, as, a, as a group, re-communicate it and make sure that this week when, you know, when there's a t- chance to really put the screws on a quality team, that you do it and you make sure you do it properly. Yeah, and I, I don't think we can... Um be too harsh on him for, for one poor quarter. I think for, for yeah. three quarters last week, they were um, a, a really strong side, and I think they'll have no issues um, this week. And they beat Baldwin twice, um, but I think it'll be close, but I'm, I'm going with Roville. At home, a couple more games happening tomorrow in Premier Division. Park Orchards host East Ringwood. Park Orchards had a pretty impressive performance mm-hmm. against Doncaster East, and um, if it wasn't for some inaccurate kicking in the first half, they could have almost probably won that game, potentially. From hearing from a couple of people... Um, they play an East Ringwood side who uh, went down by two points under lights against South Croydon last week. Uh, McNamara, Cramp, Delaney, a couple of their important ins uh, this week. Waitman uh, and Churney, I believe, are out as well. So mm. a couple of changes there for, for East Ringwood. Just quickly, um, for me, I think uh, I think this is a, a tough one to to pick, actually, because I think maybe we underestimated Park Orchards in the preseason. Um, but I, I think East Ring would probably show last week that they are a, uh, certainly a, a maybe potential finals contender in yep. uh, Premier Division. For me, I think we'll learn a lot more after this game, but mm. um, I'm tipping the ruse away from home. Yeah, and it, it's a matchup between the two most recent promoted sides into Premier Division as well, so which makes it even more exciting. And they'd be familiar with each other. I think Park Orchards, they might have won 
in 2021, the the two meetings between the two between the two sides, um, and, and that might give them a, a little bit of a mental edge. But I just think this East Wingwood lineup is, is you know, a, a, a little bit think, stronger. Yeah, and just because they have spider, there has been some changes from that. The last time they played in 2021, obviously, you know, the Farmer Boys mm-hmm. are yep. um, a prime example of that uh, for East Ringwood. How do you think they'll go away from home at Park Orchards? I think they'll go really well. Look, last week they were probably the best side but didn't win the game. They dominated the ball. They The amount of forward entries they got in 50, They the repeat entries, they just couldn't quite finish South Croydon off. They had their opportunities mm-hmm. at various times during the last quarter, but they just couldn't quite ice the game. They made a couple of critical turnovers. They'll learn from it. First time back in the division against a very experienced South Croydon team. Look, in the end, it was a great game. South Croydon were without Max King, etc. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But in terms of East Ringwood, I think they're heading in a really positive direction. In terms of this game, I think they're just going to be a little bit too strong through the midfield. Bellow having, a, you know, Bellow's a key. Outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. Donnelly, you know, playing some good footy. I think the one thing about East Ring, we keep saying it's size. Mundy, you know, he just keeps getting better and better. And I think he's the sort of player, in particularly tomorrow, yeah, he can. Str- they can stretch Park Orchards for, you know, in terms of height and the physicality and this the way that they move the ball. I, I just think that they'll be able to get the job done. I, I'm looking at around about five to five to six goals. I, I think they'll do it pretty comfortably. Yeah. Josh, what was your tip? Yeah, I think I'll back East Ringwood as well. It'll be close, but um, I, I think it'll be close. But Roos will get over the top. And the other game on Saturday in Premier Division is Doncaster East versus Doncaster. Uh, uh, Doncaster East has certainly brought in some a, a lot of talent here. That Tom Bell plays his first game. Uh, Green comes in. Quaynor, uh, Chris Sealand back. Uh, Waddle. So I mean, you look at those ins. They're, they're pretty impressive, and um, they play a Doncaster side who are coming off a big loss last week. Uh, Robbie Gray back out of the side, but they do bring in Coglin, J- uh, Jmar, and Monks. Um, the big talking point for Doncaster is it, Chris Ananakis's game hundred, game two hundred and fifty. So. Mm-hmm. Um, a great effort for him and uh, they're, they're going to be under the pump um, yeah. when they play uh, Doncaster East. I think uh, the Lions should get the job done pretty easily. I think I think so too, but Chris Anarchus, he'll, he'll definitely get up and about. And He's it, been a great he's been a great servant for that club. And well, it's a career that should be celebrated. He, he's done an outstanding job when Doncaster have been through all the divisions, mm. through all the tough times as well, but he's played outstandingly when they're in Division 3, Division 2, get them up to Division 1 and then and now into Premier. So they've been everywhere at Doncaster Footy Club and yeah. they've ridden some very, you know, some, you know, a lot of waves across the journey. But uh, for them, look, it's going to be a tough afternoon. It's a big ask going up against a, a very powerful Doncaster yeah. East team. They've just got to get off to a good start. Um, Coglin coming back into the team after playing some VFL, that'll give them a little bit more uh, stability and, you know, Monks as well, but they just they're going to need to do it over a four quarter period. And then they just have moments in games where they just they're not in the game and they're just not able to compete as equally as the opposition. Doncaster East with what they've got, the depth and the, you know, the spread of players across the midfield, yep. uh, back at both ends of the ground. They should get the job done and get it done pretty easily, I would have thought. I think so, too. It should be pretty comfortable. Uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping it's I'm hoping it's close, but I don't think it will be. Yeah, I'll be tipping Doncaster East as well. But um, once again, congratulations to Anarchus for uh, a fantastic career so far. And hopefully uh, he does uh, certainly have a, a good game tomorrow with um, 
a, a real big challenge ahead when they, they do play. One of the contenders for this season, uh, the last two games in Premier Division, we've got Berwick and Noble Park that will be playing on the Sunday afternoon, and then you've got the South Court and Blackburn Tuesday. We won't touch uh, South Court yet because we'll be out there for that game and we'll have a, a lot more to speak about further in the week. But uh, just quickly, Berwick, Noble Park, just a tip. The teams aren't haven't been mm. listed yet with the Sunday game, but... Uh, have you got a? Uh, have you got a? Can you give Berwick a, a sniff at I home? They're coming uh, off a win. Yeah, against Vermont too. Yep, uh, out of Vermont Recreation Reserve. I, I give them a little bit of hope, but that performance from Noble Park will hold them in good stead and and get them the victory. I reckon. Yeah, Noble mean. Park for me. I think Berwick though, a little bit of confidence. It'll give a, them a bit of pep in their step. But I think uh, Noble Park should be able to get the job done pretty comfortably. But. They've got it to come with the right attitude. It just won't happen for them. They're going to have to work for it. Yeah, absolutely. Bit of a free hit for them. They've got nothing to lose. So, mm. uh, And they did have that really close game a couple of years ago in, in Berwick's first game. In the Eastern Football Netball League, uh, jumping into Division 1, uh, Croydon versus Beaconsfield this Saturday afternoon. Uh, a big test for Croydon, I think, because um, after the way they played last week against Marulbach, where they, they gave up an, an eight-goal first quarter, there's a, there's a couple of question marks on the side and, and certainly the scoring issues haven't been able to put the, the score on the board much this season in their first two games, which was a, a big problem last season. Lynch comes out of that side along with Batten and Sparks, uh, Anderson, Christie and Duell uh, into the, the lineup this week. And then for Beaconsfield, they've had a few changes as well. Uh, Curry, McPherson and Summers all into the side. I'm actually going Beaconsfield on Saturday. I, I actually think with... The way they were playing against Mitchum a couple of weeks ago really tested the Tigers away from home. And when they got on top of that game in the second quarter, they looked really, really strong. And then last week, they did enough to get the job done against Bayswater. And I just haven't got enough trust in Croydon Spider. Well, it's, it's hard to trust them, isn't it? Because we, we've talked about it for so long. And this is, a, this is a team that is just really struggling to kick winning scores. And they're also de- struggling to defend them as well. Uh, the midfield's going okay at times. They they can win the they can win the contested ball. They can do everything right in there in those areas of the ground. But just when they go forward, they just seem to be all at sea. They just can't get hit up targets, and they just can't you know, get continued re-entries and scores. So big problem for them coming up against a, a Beaconsfield team that's been competitive and they and they're building stuff so I think that's you know something that Mick Fogarty would uh, certainly be uh, you know impressed with the constant improvement so Croydon are going to have to be on their game they're going to really need to regroup and have a bit of a think about what they need to do as a playing group to get this back on track because uh, a loss against Beaconsfield you know it could send them uh, you know into a little bit of a concern mode for what's, yeah. what's to come. But for me, uh, I'm actually nearly leaning towards what you're saying, uh, Ryan. I think I might go down the Beaconsfield track. I think they're going all right. And Sabansky, I think it is Mitch Sabansky. He played a bit of uh, footy last year for, I think he put, he's been playing, Dan Young and didn't get drafted. Uh, been playing, uh, did some top up at Frankston as well. I think he's still down at Frankston. And he's been, yeah, but he's been, uh, you know, he's a good you know, he's a good player, and they're going to have to really watch uh, you know, watch what he does. But if he, if he's selected this week, I I'm not sure if he's, so. he's in there. No, no, he's that, out this he's week. He's out yeah, this yeah. week. Okay, so they won't have to watch him, which is. <laughs> but that's one less thing. But the example of that, the example of that is, if you you know you play against high quality players who are impressing most weeks, you need to be able to put players on them and.
And you know, for Beaconsfield, they've got players that can come in and come out and replace yep. players. They're showing that they've got depth, and Mick Fogarty can, you know, he can select players now. It's not like a couple of years ago where they're sort of looking around who's next in the queue. Mm. Now they've got the players from the reserves that are pushing through, starting to come through their system. Yeah, and that's the thing that that will prove the difference. I reckon tomorrow, the the depth of of both sides and. You know, just looking at the Croydon's, they're they're not the biggest names, and Beaconsfield. So I don't recognise those names, but they they'll come up and help lift this, help continue keeping those standards high for Mick Fogarty's side, which is why I, I'm backing them. Um, they got close when they ca- when I think on both occasions last year, and I think it, I think they'll get the win this time around. I believe we were out of that game. No, oh, the first Croydon, the first game. Yeah. I wasn't there, but um, oh. and that it was a sort of a similar. So similar win that they did every year, uh, every yeah. time last year. Um, uh, Croydon, those getting sort off of to sixty to fifty uh, point wins. Um, looking uh, around the grounds on Saturday, Lilydale also take on Bayswater. Both sides are, are yet to win a game, and I think they're the only two sides who um, are zero and two at the moment. They both showed uh, a fair bit in, in their um, losses. Lilydale in that first week against Croydon almost pulled off something there and then Bayswater pushed Montrose to four quarters in round one. Um, hard to tell. Home, you'd think. Hard to tell on this one. Uh, you're, you're picking Lillardale I'll, I'll, I'll go with Lillardale at home. Bayswater have been pretty competitive though. I mean, if the Galvin boys can get it together and we know, you know McCluskey's been playing some good footy and McInerney and, and those sort of guys, uh, you know, they're capable on their day. So, uh, look, they're, they're, if they step it up, look, you know, Lord, I'll have to be careful. You know, Higgleton playing some good footy. Mm. Look, they've just got to make sure that they're in the contest for long enough. Uh, but for me, just at home, Lilydale. I think they might be able to get the job done. Josh? I'm actually going to back Bayswater here, Lilydale. It's always hard t- travelling up to, to the LSO and I think They'll definitely put up a fight, but I just think there's a bit... Beacon, Bayswater, Big Bun, have shown a bit more in these first couple of weeks than than Lilydale ha- Lily have. They showed promise against Croydon, but we're, we're expecting, you know, it, just given what Croydon... Uh, Croydon aren't the greatest side, and, you know, North Ringwood as well. They're, they're not the, the greatest side either, whilst... Basewater put up a put up a fight against the Montrose side we expect to be right up there, and then against Beaconsfield out at uh, out at Home Park. So, I think they've shown a bit more promise, and we'll just get up here. But I think it'll be a close game. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Bayswater, but um, the the home ground factor they they play that ground a, a lot better than when they travel. Mm. Um, looking at last season, so. I'll I'll uh, I'll just pick Bayswater, but in in a close one. But that'll be one to keep an eye on. Um, and now a couple of the, the big games happening uh, tomorrow. Mitchum take on Montrose at home at Walker Park. Uh, big game for the Tigers because I think they lost to Montrose twice last well, year. Yeah, this so, corresponding game it was a yep. big margin, and we all thought that. You know, the Mont- D's, D's have got their measure. Just yeah. they've got the wood over them. So um, important for them to um, bounce back uh, in terms of playing against Montrose because uh, they're in some really good form. Had a, a great win last week against Wonturna South. Uh, a few changes: Crampton, Lee, Horsey, Messenger listed in Caulfield out for them. Um, while Montrose, I believe, have just about the same side as last week, who mm. uh, went down to South Belgrave uh, at home. Um, I think they led at some stages in that game. Very inaccurate kicking. One goal, six in one of the quarters. Yeah, in that third yeah. quarter that they probably lost and it that, right there. And that's uh, that's been a problem for the last two years under Gary. Is they've not been the the sh- sharpest shooters in in front of goal. They've the inaccuracy has has plagued them. But it's um. 
yeah, it, it's a big contest, and I honestly don't think that'll, uh, that'll matter. It could come into effect late in the game, whoever converts more of their chances, but I, 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 don't, think it, I don't think it'll play too much of a role here. So what do you think, Josh, in terms of um, their, their matchups? Obviously, uh, you look at Mitchum's side last week. Uh, we wondered how they'd go without Parenti and uh, mm-hmm. Nick Hallow as well, who unfortunately... Uh, it, less than a quarter playing for the, for the Tigers and he's already injured um, but uh, his brother Jackson really stood up kicked a few yeah. goals um, they got a lot of goals from their midfielders and then uh, I believe Cowman kicked a couple against his former side um, also uh, I believe Cher- Cher- was it Cherry um, I think oh, it was Lucas sorry Lucas, Lucas kicked yeah. uh, three um, important goals and was listed best on for, for the Tigers last week so um Obviously, they've got a lot of depth that they can yeah. cover those outs, and, and Parenti, as strong of a player he is, they've been able to recruit well to, to have that um, forward talent plus the uh, the help from the midfield. That, to really, that's uh, been that's been the thing the last two years. You know, we we started last year. I think we were all wondering it would be like the Parenti and and Lovell show up for it. How would they be able to? You know, find other go- find other avenues to go, and they've been able to do that through their mid through their midfield, through their small fo- forwards. You know, they had ten goal kickers from their sixteen goals kicked la- last week against One Turner South. So, you know, that's not going to be an issue a- a- at all. And yeah, it- it- it's remarkable how deep that how deep their options are in, in front of goal. They're 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 I reckon the best attack because of that de- depth around goal. And we've seen how great te- teams have. You know, we when they've got depth in terms of goal sc- scoring plays, going through midfield and kicking goals. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the Montrose midfielders can, can match it up through midfield and, and kick goals as well. And, and Spider, I did say there was no changes, but I can't seem to see uh, Ryan Garthwaite on the list here. But uh, Well, that'd be, that'd be an enormous out if that was the... If that was the case. Yeah, so if, I mean, you look at their side, uh, last week it was probably a disappointing uh, third term where they didn't capitalise uh, with all the momentum, um, but I don't think you'd take too much out of that. I think they're still a pretty strong team, and I think there's you know there's always that little bit of a mental edge when you do have the uh, the wood over another side. Yeah, there is, and I think that's the one thing that Gary is will certainly hold on to. He, he, you know, you, you always know when you come up against opposition and the same thing you know from from the opposition you know when you come up against a team you know gee, we always struggle to beat this team or when we play them here they, this is what they do you know there's all all those little scenarios that come up throughout the course of the you know the build up to the game and and if this happens you know this is how we're going to try and counter it and I think as you'll be all the, he'll be all waking up to that and he'll be ready for it look I just get probably the feeling from me that they'll bounce back after last week I think it was a little bit of that was a little bit of a, a hump in the in the road for them a, a little bit of a bump and along the way they're going to be a really good side um, yeah they'll be disappointed not to have come away with the win against South Belgrave uh, you know they were in the game for a long period of time I think on the small ground at Mitcham it's always a challenge you always get yourself into a bit of a shootout I think. You just got to back yourself in, and if you back your players in to be able to kick that winning score, but also get on the on top through the midfield, you know, particularly you, you give yourself every chance of winning. And we know what Mitchum's done over the last couple of seasons, and you know they're extremely well coached. Uh, you know they they've got a really good midfield and a very talented forward line. So it's it's going to be a big ask, you know, defensively for for Montrose. I think they can get it done. I, I've just got the feeling that they'll have enough, um, you know, through the mid. 
midfield. I think defensively they're pretty sound. Um, I think this is going to be a little bit of a shootout. I think this could go. This could be like a first to a hundred scenario. You know, whoever gets to a hundred first will win. You know, it could be fifteen goals to thirteen or something like that by the end of the day, uh, and pretty much go down to you know the right to the very end. So I'll go, I'll go Montrose, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Mitchum, uh, you know, by the end of the day we're we're in front either. But I'll go Montrose for the sake of a tip. Well, Mitchum showed last week they can go in a shootout, and we're able to come from behind Correct. in. Well, the second half, really, and it was inaccuracy that, that cost Montana South, obviously, that game. But I think it's that consistency factor again, as Brash, as Brash mentioned a couple of times during the broadcast and, and on the weekend recovery. It'll all come down to that consistency factor, and Mitchum do have that consistency, which we'll, is why we'll I back, which is why I'm backing them at home. I think it will be another shootout for them, and I think they'll they'll have the capabilities to, to keep up with Montrose and get the win. I'm going to tip Monchos just on their recent form against the Tigers. But again, uh, I think this will be a pretty good game and two sides that should be there come finals time. Uh, the Another two sides who I think are going to be contenders this season is South Belgrave and Juan Turner South. They face off this week as well. Juan uh, Turner South obviously coming off that loss to Mitchum. Um, really, it was just that last quarter that they fell away um, and the Tigers got back in the game to win that. Uh, but as you said, they were uh, inaccurate themselves in that third quarter. While South Belgrave have just jumped into Division One like it's um, like it's been nothing. They've really performed well. The the two wins uh, smashed North Ringwood first week, and then um, away from home knocked off Montrose and and back at home now, which is a ground that they uh, rarely lose at Spider. They host Montana South, and I think they'll go in with a world of confidence. Yeah, look, they're a powerful side. There's no question about it. They've they really demonstrated that they're very comfortable coming up, and they've adjusted accordingly. I mean, right from the outset, you know, last week, they they really set themselves up for, for a big performance against Montrose, and then and now they've got to take on you know, another big contender in Montana South. So they, they just, the challenges keep coming for them, and they're just ticking them off one by one. Just you knocking got to, them yeah, off. And you've got to hand it to... To Luke Elliott, he's really uh, you know, preparing his players well and and coaching very well at the moment, and well assisted by guys like Andrew Gibson who continue to give him that off field uh, support. But on field, you know, guys like Tim Smith keep getting the job done. The guy and the boys we talk about it, you know, every week. You know, they're getting good contributions. You know, up forward. But they, they're getting from their lesser players as well and the, the mid-range players. They just get an equal contribution every week. You know, whether it be Bartels, whether it be Connolly, whether it be whoever, they still get that equal contribution. Everyone does their part within the team over a four-quarter period to ensure that they get the result. And I think that's the good thing. They're just very even across the board and that's what makes them such a good team. And I think, you know, playing at home, they'll make it uncomfortable for one turn of Seth. They'll have to be on their game. They'll have to be aware of you know the triggers, the way that they play, the the, the transition moves that you know they like to, to play. They like to you know run and switch the ball. They like to be you know get the ball in nice and deep. So the defensive you know the Devils has got to be switched on and motivated to you know be be watchful. You know whether it be on their direct opponent. You know, you, know, you can't give too much space, and if they give that space to the South Belgrave forwards, you know I pose real trouble for them. But I'm thinking that South Belgrave on this occasion might just hold the uh, the upper hand just at home. But I think this one could also be a very close finish. I'm expecting a couple of shootouts this week just because of the weather, and this will be no exception. I, I think uh, you know one turn to Seth from their point of view with their forward line. 
also, you know, have the ability to, you know, to kick a big score. But it, I think the South Belgrave defence is very strong as well, and yeah. I think that's what's really held them in really good stead. And Grimer, Casey, Deans, and Watts come out of that side as well. Uh, the other Deans, Harper, Sarin, and Noy come back into the team. Uh, Josh, can you make a case of the Devils? Uh, I, I think it's going to be pretty hard when you've got to go really, uh, to- you really got to go head to head with. Um, on the scoreboard with the South yeah. Belgrave side at um, a smaller ground over there, which they play so well. Uh, it, it was Smith the first week who kicked seven, and then Garner kicked six himself uh, yeah. this week. So they just have that many options. How do you think? Is it uh, a big? It's a big task, obviously, there for their defensive back six to be able to hold them. Um, to a, to a steady score, but also they've got to be able to kick a, a winning score too. It, it is, and that will be the problem. You know, can that defence hold up against a, a remarkably strong South Belgrave atta- attack again? And you know, in the past against the big against the big sides, they they've shown that they've struggled. Unfortunately, one turn us out, and I think that'll continue, especially with with Luke Grimer out. That's a that's a bit of a yeah, loss. Yeah, he's a big loss. Uh, yeah. They've picked up. They've brought in some good players. You know, Jake Harper. I think. Maybe his Wonturner South debut as well, coming across from from Ferntree Gully. You know, Jimmy Sarin coming back to the coming back to the club as well. Uh, I think Nick De- Nick, one of the dancers coming into the into the lineup. But they've brought in some good players, but their losses are, are just a little too big. And South Belgrave, they've got that continuity in that in that lineup. Not a whole lot of changes there, which will which hold them in really good stead. And it'll be a shootout. I, I just think South Belgrave have a bit more firepower and will get the win. Yep, I'm, I'm going to be uh, tipping South Belgrave at home too. Uh, they've had a really strong start to the season. I expect that to continue tomorrow afternoon and the final game in Division 1. Marulbach hosts North Ringwood. Uh, really impressive from the Mustangs last week. Mm. And you look at that midfield, uh, Monkhurst is out of the side this week, but he played really well alongside the likes of uh, Noonan, uh, Mackey, I know uh, Smith was fantastic uh, in the midfield, Peacock as well. So that's clearly their biggest strength. They've still got arguably one of the best midfields into the competition of Division 1. So that holds up really strong and they were able to find the, the scoreboard a lot, even though that was probably the question marks we had at the start of the season um, with the likes of, of Mullet and Jordan coming out of the side. And they take on a North Ringwood team spider who uh, get their first win of the season uh, against Lilydale last week. And I think for them, it's just more of a relief that they got that one down on the board. So they are uh, they kick-started their season early and now it's a, a chance to um, really test themselves away from home against a Mulbuck side who rarely loses there. Yeah, look, absolutely. They're going to a game where they're coming... Off a you know really important win, they needed to win that game last week against Louida, and it, the margin was really insignificant. Just had, they just had to get a, get a win, just to build the confidence amongst the group, the trust, and make sure that they're all heading in the right direction. You know, you know Paddy Rose kicked a couple of goals last week. He'd be very relieved, kicks a few, you know, gets some confidence, uh, and and the thing is, they're getting some. You know, good contributions from some of their players. They just need to continue to work with that midfield. And if they can work on a few areas of their game defensively, but also continue to you know, get some forward entries a little bit more, be a little bit more aggressive with the ball in hand, uh, particularly against a, a Murrellbark team that, you know, they like to run and they'll be, they'll be really... Uh, in your face, they'll be aggressive and they'll defend as hard as they can as well when they haven't got the ball. So they're going to look, the challenge is there for them. They're capable, but I just think at home, Murrubach will be too strong. I just think that 
they're going to have all the answers. And I, I just think in the end it'll be around about a five or six goal margin. North Ring would just have to start the game well. If they don't start the game well, it could be a very long afternoon for them. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. And equally for Moorbark as well, they'd want to start the game off well. And it's a big blow losing Riley Monkhurst. It's, I feel like it sort of evens out that, that midfield duel because you know, Monkhurst, you'd expect he, he would have usually be, he would you know, usually be giving first-class service to the likes of, of Caden Mackey and Kane Noonan. So that, that is a bit of a loss. And for North Ringwood, they definitely have... I feel like they do have the midfield to match it up with, with them. Aaron Fenton, you know, Jack Whelan, who I think I saw might have been... It might be his 150th game this weekend for North Ringwood. So we wish him all, all the best as well. And, um, you know, they, they they definitely have a good forward. You know, they've got a good forward as well in, in Paddy Rose, who showed he can hit the scoreboard. He only kicked two goals last week, but he's, he will be a bit more confident this week, given he was able to hit the scoreboard and, and you know, and have an impact against Lilydale. So I, I think, I just think more bark at home, though. I think it'll be a close game. It might be a bit more of a defensive scrap compared to some of the other games. I, I, I just think more bark will get over the top though. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I just think that their midfield is very strong even without Monkhurst there um, in the ruck uh, on Saturday. I still think they'll get the job done. Uh, that's it for Premier and Division 1. When we're back, we'll jump in to Division 2 with the Parker Cup. Got a bit decided, David Lager. He must have just stepped off his line there, guys. And uh, Big Gordon, not quite um, a dainty man, just snuck up on him and, <laughs> and took him out. And he's, he's kicking into what is a strong breeze. He's going to probably aim for the right-hand goalpost. And this to bring the Tigers back to within four points. Yep. Very close to the man on the mark, though, here, Brash. The big fella. Didn't look comfortable, but it struck it pretty That's nicely. Right. Two in a minute for the Tigers. He's given it the double Cobra. That's the first one of 2021. Yes, welcome back to the Eastland Weekend Forecast. We're about to jump into Division 2 of the senior men's competition uh, a massive game that's happening tonight or if you've been listening you or if you're listening on a saturday morning it is already happened and you know the results um so we're just going to quickly uh yeah. briefly look over our eyes of this one uh fantastic to have this up and running again they've been uh really fantastic both clubs in in uh doing a, a really great service uh with the parker cup and uh they're always some really close games so just we'll, we'll quickly go into a couple of important into heathmont here um Jordan Haynes returns back into the side. Um, Isaacs, and for the first time this season, Bajramov comes into the lineup. They do lose Pearson alongside Douglas and Brinkman, but um, those ins are really impressive. And then Ringwood, a couple of changes themselves. Murphy and Williams comes out for Lucas and Lang. But Josh, the the ins, really crucial for Heathmont. We we'll, won't touch on it too much, but... Um, I think they're a really big chance tonight. I think so too. We, we were saying this li- this time last year, actually. We were saying Heathmont were a big chance and then Ringwood put, came from behind and got the victory. But I think I genuinely think with their inclusions, they're a massive chance. You know, getting Bartram off back is, is such a massive inclusion for that forward line. You know, they've had Stevens up there who, who's kicked plenty of goals and others. But... And Chris Colombo as well, but just to have him back, it, it, it's such a great inclusion. And then you got Haynes coming back as well, and Isaacs. They're they're three really big inclusions. Yes, they lose Pearson, and there's still no, there's still no Tom Hancock. But I think yeah, this is this is one of Heathmont's best lineups, and they're near full strength. And I think it definitely has the capabilities. I've taken it up to Ringwood. I won't be surprised if the Redbacks do win. So what's your tip? Is I think I'm backing the Jets. I'm backing the Jets again. I think uh, looking back at the result last week for Ringwood, 
you know, that loss, um, be interesting to see how they respond because it was an uncharacteristic performance. Um, you know, when we when we think about it, we probably we just didn't exceed, we didn't see it coming, we didn't expect it. So they've got to be up for this game. I mean, Heathmont are going to be taking it up to them for the majority of the night. So if they're ready for it and they're productive during the week, you know, they're prepared and they're and they're ready and they're ready to put their best performance on the ground for four quarters, then they should win the game on on their ability and their talent. But you know, if they don't come with the, the full attitude, then I think Heathmont can certainly take it up to them. But I do think, in, in terms of dominance and the spread of players that they've got, Ringwood, I think they they look to me a more talented side across the board, and I think they'll do enough to get the win. And Templestone's been a bit of a, a bogey side for them in the last yeah. couple of years. I know they lost to them last season, so I'm I think this is going to be very close. But I'm tipping Ringwood by less than a kick. I think these are these are the games <laughs> that are, are really close. So. Uh, one of us is right tomorrow, Josh. Um, I'm sure the listeners will will be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're probably we're probably way off. One side may just mm. uh, flog the other in a. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But said, but but if you're listening to this before the game, if you're around the Heathmont area or the Ringwood yeah, area, down. get down. Get it, big it, crowds. If you are going, get down there early because yeah. um, it does get quite packed with the netball. Um, it's I it's believe Vermont and Heathmont have their club nights there, so uh, car park car parks are going to be absolutely packed. At a premium. Yeah, go, go for a bit of a walk uh, down the streets and find a side street to, to park. But um, uh, absolutely, you're right. Uh, get down there if you, if you can tonight uh, to support both the netball and the football. Uh, the other game that we won't touch on too much is because we'll be out there tomorrow is Baronia versus Waverley Blues. Uh, actually, I believe you two aren't going to be down there. So I'll, I'll let you guys have a, a bit of a say. I'll, I'll keep quiet on this one. But um, both sides undefeated. Waverley Blues have been really impressive now, now three in a row. Um, they've had uh, quite a few changes here uh, listed. Uh, Turner back in, Johnson, Mia, McNamara, and uh, the coach, Tom Langford, into the side. Um, a few outs there with O'Connell, Perry, Brown, Fresher Facey, uh, Baronia, they're just the two changes. Luke Hannon comes back in as a very handy inclusion with Flanagan, while uh, Dylan Dow and Fletcher Duke come out of that side. Um, Josh, uh, at home at Tormore, it's another big challenge, but if the, the Waverley Blues knock off Baronia tomorrow, um, suddenly they become a, a real premiership threat, it's even though it is round three or four, whatever <laughs> it is, but it's, it would be a, a big statement. Yeah, it's a ma- it'd be a massive statement. They'd be 4-0, four, they'd be four and, I, and, you know, having defeated two sides, that, well, one that made a semi-final and the other making a, a preliminary final. And, you know, it is def- they are definitely capable. They're in a, a big Tommy Langford. He clearly didn't want to miss out on playing in the match of the match of the round. That's a good inclusion, Ben Turner. We've seen what he's capable. We've seen what he's capable of. Best on ground middle on on grand final day. Sam Mir as well, who who we thought was going to to Bowen, but he, he's still around at Waverley Blues, which is big for them because he was a consistent player last year. He has was everyone, but I just think Baronia at ho- Baronia at home there. <laughs> You know, they're always hard to play out there at Tormore Reserve. And I just think, you know, Luke Hannon and, and Flanagan coming into the lineup are, are two big inclusions. And there's players in form. You know, you've got Josh Josh Hannon, who's had a, a really good start to the se- season. You know, you've got J- Jared Lake, Harry, Bur- Harry Burgess, Max Br- the Brasher brothers, Zach and, Zach and Max, it, and Josh Begley as well. Still no Mitch Mellis, which is a bit of a blow. But it, again, they're... they're they They've got the depth to cover it at the moment. They, they? they definitely do, and I think that's what will hold them in, in good stead for the, for the season and potentially for today. I reckon Baronia just get it, just get up. The spider? 
Yeah, look, it just promises to be such a you know, enthralling contest for me. I saw Waverley play last week and was really impressed with them. I, I just felt you, know, you, you just knew for the majority of the game they were always in it, and they are the, they have been the giant killers so far. They've basically taken over the mantle that Eastfield had at the start of the season from twenty twenty two. They you know, they've beaten everyone that they've needed to beat. But uh, look, they were really impressive. Um, they particularly in the first quarter when they kicked against the breeze, the scoring end, because East Bay were kicking with it, kicked six behinds and just didn't utilise it efficiently and that probably was the difference in the match and they they were able to really skip away to a four-goal lead at half-time and that was just to their ability to win the ball on the outside. They actually really you know, transitioned the ball well. Uh, on the turnover, they, they really punished East Burwood and they, they just made East Burwood you know, have to defend a lot harder, you know, particularly when the ball was in long and deep into their forward line. Uh, Eastburg were a little bit undersized because of a couple of players not playing. Uh, Rixton was out of the side and uh, etc. So they put a lot more pressure on, but we know that forward line for Waverley Blues stacks up. So that's going to put a lot of pressure on the Baronia defenders. How much, you know, and whether they can, you know, how whether they can close that down. And I think they're capable of doing that. I think the midfield's pretty much broke even last week uh, you know, throughout the course of the game. But if you look at the stats, the stats tell a really interesting story because East Burwood won a lot of the stats and Waverley would probably walk away and go, well, on the inside we, we got clearly beaten. And, the, and they did. And East Burwood's inside work was quite good and we'll talk about that a bit more in depth a little bit later. But in terms of Waverley, I think the thing about Waverley is they give you so much and they, they, the way that they rebound the fall from that defensive part of the ground to set the ground up. And that's something that Baronia going to have to excuse, excuse me, have going to have to be really careful about. Baronia, on the other hand, we know that they've got some really good height. They move the ball fast on a big ground, so that's once again going to be a big testing factor for the way that they play. So, I think for me, I still think Baronia can get the job done. I think this is going to be a really tight game. I think this has got similar elements to last week in terms of margin. You know, a goal or two, uh, but just got a bit of a, an idea that Baronia in the end might be able to just you know do enough to win the game you know when the ball goes forward you know just through that midfield uh, and, and I just think a couple of their fo- key forwards might be able to just you know put the score on the board for them but Waverley they're a very good side and they're going to be right there at the end of the season there's no question about it. So was your tip there Baronia? Baronia in a real tight one but you know really impressed with what Waverley's doing. And that game will be covered uh, on Radio Eastern 98.1 FM from 1.15, also streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. And they'll be after the uh, women's game at Tormor, uh I believe that's Baronia, Baronia Beaconsfield. Beaconsfield. So um, make sure you tune into those if, if you can. Uh, looking around the, the rest of the games in that division, um, I think they're pretty one-sided results, having a look at them. Uh, one game, Mulgrave versus Knox, just quickly. Um, do we give Knox any chance? A very disappointing performance from them last uh, yeah. week against Upper Ferntree Gully. Very slow out of the, the gates in that first quarter. They'll be looking for a response, but I think Mulgrave should be too strong. Well, it's got to be... They've got to start better, Knox. They, they, they just gave... Uh, uh, that first quarter, that pretty much cost them the game. And Mulgrave, if they can play a little bit more consistent as we've uh, uh, over the last few weeks, that gives themselves a chance. But at home, you would expect Mulgrave to be able to get the job done. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, they they showed in, in round one that, that 
they can make it make it tough out at Mulgrave Reserve. Of course, Eastbourne came back in in the second half, but but I think the midfield quality between Knox and Eastbourne, yeah. there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, and I think and one big inclusion I think for Knox, Tom Weir coming back into the side. I think yep. he missed last week, so that's a, a handy inclusion. But when they don't go as deep, I mean Mulgrave's midfield yeah. is quite reasonable, and you know they, they just need to be a midfield that. It's more consistent across the four-quarter period where they yep. had players going in and out of the game over the last couple of weeks. But last week, we're a little bit better. Yeah, yep. and I think that's the, that'll be the difference, the midfield depth, which will hold Mulgrave in good stead and options up forward. You know, you've got Adam Booth, Fletcher Roberts, you've got Ling Jong who can kick goals. I think, yeah, that'll be enough to get Mulgrave over the line. And they did swing the axe knocks. They've had five changes, so maybe a few things happening there, but uh, I'm with you on that. I think Mulgrave at home. Uh, Moving on to the other games in that division, uh, Upper Fentry Gully at Templestowe versus Templestowe. That's up at Upper Gully, and uh, a really impressive win in the end Mm. uh, last week. And um, Josh, you spoke to to Mark during the week. Yeah. um, A fantastic result for the club to break the streak. Um, Don't think they can beat Templestowe, but uh, it's a... It certainly gives them a bit of confidence now that they, they know they can win and they've got that monkey off their back. And, yeah, he, he was very happy with the victory as well. It was great chatting, great chatting with Mark after what was a, a terrific victory. And, you know, they, I think they will be pretty confident at home as well, although their first round performance at home against Teethmond was, was, was a bit of a rough performance. But I definitely think against Templestowe that they, they're capable and will be up and about and could cause some... A bit of trouble for for the Dockers, but I just think yeah, top end talent will get the Dockers over the line. I I, I won't be surprised actually if Upper Ferntree Gully do get the victory. That you know we've seen young sides, young sides, and what they've been able to do following a, a That's confidence. A big call. Uh, <laughs> I won't be surprised. A temple, a temple so side. Yeah, is up and going. Yeah, I, they are definitely up and going too. But I I think it'll be a good. I think. I'm hoping it's a good contest, but I just think Templestowe, with the top-end talent and the experience, that will just be able to get up. That's part of your tip for this one. Oh, I think Templestowe win, good win last week, showing some promising signs. And it's good to see Upagawi have a win, but just not sure they're going to be able to replicate that against a, a team that's uh, showing some pretty good winning form at the yeah, moment. Yeah, very big ask. And then the final game uh, of Division 2, the Basin uh, taking on East Burwood out at Batterham Reserve. Saunders, Emerson and Forrest coming in for the Bears uh, while East Burwood have made some few changes and, and Spot, I'm sure you can talk to them. Uh, Rixton uh, is obviously the big in. Um, he comes in with Dove, Kinsella and, and Keegren. Um, out of that side is Neat, Jenkins, D Giovanni and Pilka. Rickson's the big in, though, there. You, you look at that and... Well, Rickson um, and Dove, uh, let's be honest about it, because those two players can play back, you know, down in the defensive part of the ground. We know that Dove will play, you know, sometime has that flexibility to go into the ruck as well, you know, with Griffiths. So I think for for East Burl, that's a, it's a you know, real stable team in terms of what they can put out there tomorrow. Obviously, there's still a couple of players to come back into that side, like Wills and uh, Evan Staminos as well. So there's... There's other players that have been on the sidelines. I mean, Kempson hasn't played yet. Uh, mm-hmm. He's probably still a couple of weeks away. And you know, he showed some really good you know, form throughout the 2022. So what we saw last week from East Bird was some really good performance on the inside. Last week, 
they were beaten at times on the outside. So it was probably a game of uh, where Waverley won two quarters, Eastbourne won a quarter, and the other quarter was pretty much a draw. There's some real positive signs. That extra layer that we keep talking about that David Jensen is providing them, he's giving them now, it's starting to build into their game. But you still got to have your one wood, which is your out, you know, which is the one that's been winning the games for you previously, and that's their outside run. So if they can get that back to what it was uh, back last year and what that made them so good and they used it against Mulgrave clearly in that second half a couple of weeks ago they go into that mm-hmm. game tomorrow they just need to win the game they don't need to uh, I mean the reality is I don't is, think they'll have any issues the reality no. is you've still got to take your attitude with you you have to still put the result on the board you can't keep team you've got to just put the, the foot to the paddle and you need to win the game and if Eastbrook put a four qu- solid four quarter performance in that gives them something to build on because they've got a big week next week when they take on a team like Barone who are coming yeah. uh, off a big game against Waverley. And Absolutely. So there's a couple of big weeks for East Bell coming up, and if you know, they show their capability, uh, we're, we're going to be set for a really big competition in Div 2 because it's a very wide-open affair and very even. And, Josh, I'm assuming you're yeah. uh, picking East Bellwood as well? Yeah, their inclusions of Rixton and Dove, they're, they're big inclusions. And, yeah, I think outside run will be tricky out of battle and reserve, but I don't think they'll have too, ma- too many issues out there. And moving on to Division 3 now, uh, one game is, is very important for, for one side here is Warrandyte, who are actually 0-2, which is um, a little bit of a surprise, but considering their opponents, it's it's fair enough. The, the Donvale game could have gone either way, uh, and then they lost to Coldstream last week uh, away from home, and the Cougars play that ground really, really well. And um, I believe they were in front at, at stages in that game, so potentially probably could have walked away with the four points. But um, back at home, they'll host Sylvan, who uh, are coming off a loss as well uh, out at Ferntree Gully last week. Uh, quite comfortable um, with changes here. Wilson comes in for Grimes. For Warrandyte, while Groin and Gray join the uh, the lineup with uh, Trent Martin coming out of the side with uh, Wright. So for me, I think it's pretty simple. Warrandyte just have to win. They've yep. just got to get on the board, and I think they will quite comfortably at home. They should, but Sylvan, I don't think they'll mind playing at Warrandyte. It's it's a bit similar, I reckon. Maybe a little bit bigger, but a bit similar to Sylvan, and a, a much shorter trip compared to, to some of the other compared to some of the other grounds in in the division. But I think, yeah, Warrandyte just need to bank that win. They they don't want to be zero and three. You know, we've seen what. But we've seen sides. Well, that is the the one thing is that we saw what Ferntree Gully did last year. Yeah. As, as good of a side they were, they kept losing those uh, those close, close games. games. I yeah. don't think that will happen with Warren no. but you, you never know. You never know, but I think yeah, they should get up. Yeah, they got so close to to Donvale as well out at home. It was a ki- it was the final kick, a kick on the siren as well that that cost them the game. And I think yeah, they'll they'll be determined to make up for their first two two rounds and get the win. Yeah, they need to really start to get that engine going, don't they, uh, Warrandyte? It's a it hasn't been a great start to the season for them. At home, you would think that they'd be able to get the win. Obviously, the last couple of weeks, have had some players in and out of the team due to unavailabilities and some injuries as well. So if they can get some of those players back into the team, that'll uh, certainly give their you know, their chances a lot better and give, them, give themselves a, an opportunity to get some you know, string some wins together. They need to put some performances together over the next couple of weeks just to get themselves going. 
Uh, and another side who will be looking for a win this week is uh, Whitehorse, who are undefe- uh, not undefeated, sorry, uh, uh, are winless uh, after their 0-2 start. They had a big loss against Fair Park, would have been really disappointing, and they've got a massive task here because they travelled to Coldstream, um, who are coming off a, a nice little win at home there. They play that ground, as we said, really well, and uh, I, I think this is a, 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 obviously a massive test for, for Whitehorse, but... You don't. I don't think you really have to worry about winning. You've just got to have a much better performance because yeah. they were smacked right from the start against Fair Park. They gave up a, a big lead. I think they gave up seven or eight goals in that first yeah. quarter and um, were never able to, to make their way back in the game and lost by 60 to 70 points. can't remember off the top of my yeah. head. But um, they've also made uh, quite a few changes. So they've got the four changes while uh, Coldstream, just the two, Lehman and Pre Lorenzo, out for Smith and Warren. Um for me, it's pretty simple. I, th- I think Coldstream at home are going to be too strong, yeah. but I'm just looking for a bit of a response from Whitehorse. Yeah, they'll be looking for a competitive performance, which I think will be tricky out of, out of Coldstream. Well, they need it? to because losing what they did at home last week was just unacceptable. But, uh, you know, uh, Joel Dalgleish, he was out of the side last week. Coming back into the side this week will certainly, uh, you know, shape them back up uh, down the defensive part of the ground. And, you know, they, they definitely missed that intercepting marking player last week of, of his value. So hopefully he can show that leadership for them and, you know, as an as a, you know, experienced player, get them going. Because last week they just lacked, uh, you know, some experience and, and some leadership, you know, throughout the game. And they just lost their way uh, at various parts. So disappointing effort from them last week. But there's always that chance to redeem but against Coldstream, going to be a very big task. And they had a, a really even performance all around the ground from, from Coldstream. From all reports, I know uh, Fridge kicked four, but it, it really was a, a team effort. They um, stood up on, on all lines of the ground. So important well, they spread the goal them. kickers. They, they've got that ability. They do spread goal kickers. And when they kick good scores and big scores, that's their, that's their attribute. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, around the grounds in Division 3, Fair Park host Oakley District, which is now quite twilight. an interesting game. It's that a is twilight. a twilight fixture. Yeah. You're right, Josh. And um, we saw what Oakley di- did in the first week. They were pretty disappointing last week, uh, getting pumped by Donvale by, I think, 97 points. Um, but mm. Fair Park, on the other hand, uh, as we just touched on before, had, had a big win themselves. And they'll certainly build a lot of confidence coming into this game, uh, hosting Oakley District. Just a couple of changes for them. While uh, Oakley District have, have made the four changes, uh, Hawkins back into that side, which I think is a, a nice little in. Mm. Um, oh, it's, this one's actually quite a hard one to tip. I think a couple yeah. of weeks ago we would have all tipped Oakley and quite comfortably, but... Uh, with with the way uh, Fair Park are playing, uh, you know, look at, looking at last week's performance, it was um, their, it was their most dominant performance in uh, Division yeah, Three. Yeah, big, biggest win in Division Three. Since yeah, and, back and, and it was the first time they scored 100 plus points since well the the Division Four preliminary final in 2019. So they're going to be riding high. Oakley District coming off a, a bit of a, a touch up against well the best side in the division at the moment in, in yeah. Donvale. So uh, it is a very interesting game. I think. You know, there, there's plenty, there's plenty of talent, plenty of talent around, and you know, again, it'll all come down to that midfield. You know, you've got Josh Allison going up against Blake Blake Pierce, and that'll be a, a very exciting duel. You've got, you know, the Need brothers. You got Jason Wan up there, Sam Rara, who's who had a great debut as well, and then, you know, for for Oakley, you've got Ryan Pierce and Simon Hawkins coming back into the line, lineup, which is a good inclusion, and then you've got the two twin towers up forward in in Jacob Warren and 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 Zach Bazanich up there, but I'm I'm actually going to back the Lions here. I just think they'll be riding high, and 
we'll ju- and you know we'll be confident, especially at home now. And I think under lights they'll get the victory. And Spider, I think. Bosnich really probably has to have a, another big game all worn up forward because uh, Ben Gilling for uh, Fair Park has had an absolute fly to the start of the season. He's, he's kicked 11 goals from two games. Um, he was their leading goal kicker last week and uh, last year, apologies. And then obviously uh, last week they were able to get some guys around him to, to hit the scoreboard too, which was important. That was the difference between last week and their first week against Furniture Gully. But um, he'll be one player that uh, Oakley District will, will certainly want to spend some time on too. Yeah, they'll need to start planning for him. There's no doubt about that. I just think Oakley, that midfield, and probably having that some of those key forwards up there, and it's a very even contest. I'm going to tip Oakley, but I think this one will be a very close game. I think this could be less than a goal, and I'm going to tip Oakley in an absolute thriller. Uh but, yeah, Fair Park, some winning good form last week. So good confidence for them to take into a home game. But just think Oakley might spoil the party down at uh, their home ground and get their second win. I think so too. But if Fair Park do get up, there, you, you, you're two from three and then you look at the fixture and they've got uh, Sylvan to come. Well, it opens um, up for them, doesn't yeah, it, really? So, suddenly mm. you, you look at them as a... Um, I mean, I had them last on the ladder. So, you know, it <laughs> I think does we all thought that they might struggle, but... It's just building that confidence. They've always been a confident team. If they get their, uh, they get going and win some games, uh, yeah, they're just as good as anyone in that division. But they've got to be able to put wins consecutively together, and that's what they've probably struggled to do, particularly last year. But if they can do it this this season, then they're certainly going to be very competitive. And you know, Oakley would be wanting to bounce back after last yeah, week and definitely. be more competitive. But I think. Coming up against Fair Park, I think we're going to see that they're up against a, a pretty competitive opposition between each other. I don't think there'll be too much between the sides. Absolutely. And the the big highlight of Division 3 this weekend is Furniture Gully hosting Donvale uh, tomorrow afternoon in, in a really massive game. Just a one change there for the Gully. Uh, Delu comes in for Levat and then for Donvale. Uh, a few ins there. Henley's out of that side. Um, they're coming off a, a massive win. Uh, both sides are coming off pretty big wins. They're both 2-0. and uh, we looked at Furniture Gully. The only question mark was, are they going to have a, uh, a slow start as they did last season? And Definitely They've not. done the opposite. They've had two big wins. Um, pardon me. And then they host, uh, today they they host Donvale, who are absolutely flying. And um, it's definitely the game of the round in Division 3. Uh, where do you see this, Josh? Uh, where, where's the game one? Obviously, Donvale, they're still not even that full strength. They've, they've got some yeah. outs on the side. Um you look, we look, when we saw him round one, the guys that they've brought in, Brower has been fantastic uh, in his first couple of well, games. Well, coming across yeah. from Blackburn, he's just taken all the opportunities because he wasn't getting a senior opportunity, but now he is mm-hmm. at Donvale, and that's something you know, he got best on a couple of weeks ago in the call of the Donvale-Warrandyke game. And I think it's great that he's playing some consistent footy at senior level. Absolutely. Yeah, and, I, and you know, they've got Matt Day there as well. Both days are th- playing well. Yeah, I think... You know, I feel like Matt Matt still hasn't hit his full straps, and I think you know what he's capable of. He he, he could be the best player in Division Three, given his experience at the VFL and Premier Division level as well. And then, you know, you've got Will Lambert, who I was really impressed by in that opening round. Nathan Mill, Ethan Duncan, who, who's listed down back, although I won't be surprised if he plays down forward. But I think, yeah, it's it's all going to come down to midfield. And I think Donvale just have a little bit more depth down there. Yeah, I think you do. Uh, I mean, with Fentry Gully, the guys have that have come into the side, um, 
yeah, Braden Wright was was fantastic the first week uh, with the ten coaches vouchers votes. Uh, Lachlan Kennedy had a big game last week, hit the scoreboard mm-hmm. uh, I think he hit the 5 or 6 on the weekend. And he's been impressive. And I think that's the thing. If he, He's the sort of player that can continue yeah. on his form. He gives Furniture Gully that chance, doesn't he? he and just, him and McComb, McComb came back inside as well last week. And McComb week. is as good a player as anyone. We know what he can do because he's played at higher levels and he has those attributes. So I think it has talent. So I think for them, they've just got to be really on song early and take it up to Donval. But for me, Donval look like they just bat a little bit deeper, you know, in all areas of the ground, and I think they'll be able to get the job done. And Josh, was it last year where I think in late in the season was it Furniture Gully? Yeah, I think they um, comfortably defeated yeah, them. Yeah, put put them to the sword. I think I remember at one stage in that game it was about seventy to ten. Um, I'm not expecting <laughs> that sort of performance no. this week, but I think they'll have a bit of confidence from that. Uh, the way they played against them last time um, and and really bring that into this game at home. Yeah, and that was out at Donvale Reserve too, which is a massive confidence booster. But, I, yeah, I think, you know, the Spiders, right, they bat a bit deeper in all areas of the ground, but especially that midfield there. There's plenty of depth in there, and I think that will hold them in good stead. It's a very interesting rock duel too. Zach Haig and Braden Wright as well. It's going to be a really invigorating one, but I just think... Yeah, in terms of midfield depth, Donvale have a little bit more, and I think they'll get up. Yeah, I want to tip, I want to tip Fernshaw Gully to be different here, but I, I, it's too hard to tip <laughs> against um, Donvale at the moment with the way they're going. So there, three tips for the Magpies uh, jumping into our final division, Division Four. Um, who's got the buy this week? It is Forest. No, Croydon it's North. Croydon North Hemlock have the buy. Forest Hill hosts Scoresby. Um, in, a, in a big game for them, they're coming off a big loss. Josh last week to kill Scythe. They'll want a bit of a, a response. Jack Rowe comes back into that side. Um, a few players out there. Uh, and then looking at Scoresby, um, they've made the four changes. Fairchild, Bronskeist, D. Geist and Richards coming into that team. Um, away from home, a uh, bit of an ask. But um, I think with the side that they've got, they take on a Forest Hill who... Um, have brought in a lot of players in the off-season, but again, mm. it, it does take a bit of time to get going and, and to really gel as a side, and, and they looked uh, quite ordinary last week. Yeah, they did, again, and that was up against the, a side we, we all expect to be right up there, and this is another side that, you know, that are definitely going to be up there and probably, you know, smarting after... Well, they came from behind in that final quarter, but it, it was a, a slightly... Dis- too little, too late. Yeah, a slightly underwhelming performance from... From the Magpies against well against Surrey, so I think I think they'll be smiting, and I think that they'll get the they'll get the victory out there. Forrester won't make it easy out at Forest Hill Reserve. I just think scores be a little bit deep, a little bit more depth, and we'll just get up here. Yeah, been impressed with Scoresby. Look, they took it all all the way last week, even though. They had the opportunities against Surrey Park, but I do expect them to beat Forest Hill. Good to see uh, Johnson and uh, Walker playing really good footy last week. Uh, mm-hmm. For the Magpies, they've started the... You know, I think that's the thing about them. They've had a good spread of players in the early part of the season. Haven't yeah. ha- had you know, reliance on just a couple of players to, to drag their performances. So I think for them, they're, they're getting good performances from a, a blend of players. So I think that all goes well for the way that they'll play throughout the course of the year. And for Forest Hill, it's all about you know starting better and being more consistent throughout games and, and trying to score a little bit more and 
being a little bit more daring and take a bit more risk. And when you're playing a team like Scoresby, who will have that, you know, that fastball movement, and they'll be, you know, they'll be quite agile around the ground. You've just got to, you know, really be ready and, you know, switched on for the way that they move the ball and uh, and defend really hard. And when it's your turn to attack, you've just got to make sure you make a can on the scoreboard. And but I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do that against a Scoresby team that's uh, yeah, continuing to improve. And it's a very young side, the Scoresby team, and yeah. they they probably you'll probably look at the guys like a, a Dale Hare and maybe a Bronze Geese as the the ones who who do stand up. Uh, c- certainly, they did in that that last uh, that opening round against Churnside yeah. Park when um, they were under the pump uh, at stages of that game. Uh, I think they'll be too strong against For- Forest Hill. Um, also in Division Four tomorrow, Nutter Wadding taking on Kilsyth. Uh, Nutter Wadding obviously coming off a fantastic win, um, uh, similar to uh, similar to uh, Upper Fentry Gully. I think it was the I think the last time they um, won was the same day the last time Upper Fentry yeah. Gully had won back in uh, 2021. So fantastic for everyone in the club involved in there. And we had um, uh, Frank Salinetri on the on the line uh, last week in the weekend recovery. So. We, we did hear a bit about how the club's going and they don't want to just win one game and then sit on their asses for the rest of the season. They want to start to string a few together. That It's a big ask when they take on Killsite this week who are uh, coming off another big win, Josh. But um, I'm sure it gives them a bit of confidence and playing yeah. back at home, um, they'll be looking for a, um, a very competitive result. Yeah, I think they definitely, they'll definitely be looking for a response after or, or looking to build on that, that victory, victory out at home. But and I think this fixture last year, I think it was only thirty points, and and Nutter Wadding scored ninety points that game. So, but it kills like they're a bit of a different side this time around. And I think yeah, it, I'm hoping it's a close game, but I just think Killsyth will run over the top and potentially be a, a five or six goal margin spider. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot bigger than that. I think Killsyth will really set themselves for this game. They're they're a good side. And we're going to have to watch their progress throughout the course of the year because if they can put some good wins together, they're as good as a, a couple of those other sides like uh, you know, Surrey Park and Scoresby on their day and Churnside Park. So they're going to be a definite threat throughout the course of the season. So expect them to win the game comfortably. And for none of Wadding, you know, some really positive signs last week and, and great that they got the win. But now they've got to replicate that in terms of their consistency, being able to, you know, bring those little wins together again and try and just you know, continue the progress and those, that little bit of improvement week by week and try and work towards that next win, whether it's in a couple of weeks' time and then just slowly tick them off because they've got the, they've got the ability. There's no question about it, but it's just fundamentals, getting the basics right and as Frank said uh, in that interview, you know, making sure that they all uh, you know, stick together because there has been hard times there and if they want the good times you know, to come back, they've uh, they've all got to hang around and and be in it for the long term and uh, and build and, and build and build and there's no reason why they can't. And correct. And the final uh, 
game in Division 4 is Surrey Park versus Churnside Park. Uh, Surrey Park coming off a win. Churnside Park had the bye. Um, a couple of changes here, uh, I believe. I've, my team sheet's been cut <laughs> off on the end for the, the Churnside Park team. But um, in, in coming in uh, Higgins for Surrey Park. Uh, Brisbane and Durand out of that team. Uh, first game at home this season, Josh. Um, they were impressive against Scoresby. They were challenged, especially late in that game, but they got the job done. Um, they still got a lot of players to come into the side. Yeah. It might take a few weeks to really kick into gear, but I think they're showing signs that um, they will be the number one contender uh, for Division 4 flag. Definitely, and this week could potentially prove if they are. You know, they're up against the Churnside Park side, who we saw in that preliminary final. They comfortably defeated and ran over the top of them in that second half but um yeah it's a big day out at surrey surrey you know all all the sides all the senior sides are playing out there and they'll definitely get up and get up and about for for the day well the the panthers senior men's and you know ryan higgins coming in it's a bit of a tactical change just adding that extra body into defense adding uh, adding that extra body to counteract the the tools of of Churnside Park in, you know, your, your Leo Demats and your Scott, Scott Dwyer's down there. And, you know, I definitely think having that mental edge from that preliminary final last year it will hold them in good stead. And I think, you know, they have a bit too much leg, a bit too much leg speed. And, um, yeah, I think, obviously, I'm backing Surrey to get the win, but I think it'll be a, a comfortable a comfortable victory, unlike the, the past regular season matchups that they've played against Churnside Park. I think Churnside will put up a fight. I I, I don't think they'll die wondering, but I just think Surrey will will run over the top. It is an opening, interesting um, first few weeks. Them Obviously, they had the bye the first week, but they're playing pretty much all the contenders in a row. Obviously, Scoresby last week, uh, Churnside Park this week that we think uh, will be a side playing finals at the end of the season. They've got Kilsyth away from home the following week. So, uh, And then Forest Hill, round uh, five. Mm. So it's a, it's a challenging opening start of the season, but you could see him winning probably all, all four of those games, Spider. Yeah, you, you, look, I mean, if they, if they put it together, they can do it. There's no reason why they can't. It's a, I think if Surrey get on a winning run, they're going to be hard to beat. But on the other flip side of that, if Chance or uh, you know, come to play and, and play consistent footy and bring their A game... Yeah, beat them, beat beat them two them. times before... Uh, two times last year. Yeah, yeah. before the, obviously the prelim was a blowout, but then the third game was pretty close itself, yeah. so... It's they're not as far away as what we. No, they're not, here. and they've got those additions into the team. So I think they're probably a little bit better off from a list point of view. Um, we have a couple of those players coming into the club this time around Churnside Park, but it's as we know, it's all about producing on the day and on the biggest days you know, going forward, but doing it consistently. So the challenge is going to be there, but I think Surrey Park at home should be able to get the job done. And uh, that's pretty much it for us. We do have yeah. our Super Boost Ruffy of the Week, and I'm just going through the list now to work out where I'm going to put this because uh, <laughs> I actually uh, the close games are close. You, you can't really count them as roughies. And then the ones who are sort of the outsiders, I don't give them much of a chance. Um, but looking at that, I will have a look here. I don't know if you guys have got one <laughs> off the top of your still head. Going. It's still going. It's still going as well. Um, oh, it, it's a bit of a long shot, but... But Knox, I think Steve Buckle will will want a response, and that you know it's going to yeah, be I hard. Think that's I, fair. Think, I think I they've Mulgrave haven't been that impressive in the first yeah. few weeks, so there's certainly something there. Uh, yeah, so I'm backing Knox for the Super Boost Ruffy Spider. Do you have one yet? Oh, look, I think you got maybe a, for a Ruffy. I will go. I'll go Ruffy. I'd go. I'll go Park Orchards as a Ruffy, but. Yeah, that's what I was sort of looking at. Um, 
You know what? I'm going to go with that too. I don't know if there may be. I don't know what the um, what that'd be if we had. Well, what about Upper Furniture Gully against Templestone? No, I, I think that is a <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate. I would love to see him win two in a row, but I think that's a um, a one-sided yeah. game there. So. I'll stick with Park Orchards too, Spider. Uh, boys, thanks for joining us. You're both not here um, tomorrow on Match of the Round, but I'm assuming you're you're off to Northern, Josh. Spider, you I'll be around floating the around the, uh, the Eastern Football Netball League, so I'll be uh, seeing many people and look forward to reporting back in yeah. uh, next week about all the games I've uh, been out to cover. Yeah, I'm off Northern. I'm not going to tell listeners where I'm off to because it, I'd rather not explain, but I will be there for Anzac Day. Look, Forward to, looking forward to that and calling the game as well. So no pressure on no pressure on another, me. another big game there. So South Croydon <laughs> Blackburn. Uh, thanks all for joining us. It's, it's a bumper weekend. Obviously, we've mm. got tomorrow's coverage, women's and the men's match of the round. Sunday, we're still doing our Monday uh, our Sunday recovery now that we've renamed that. And then obviously Tuesday, the big game down at South Croydon, along with a women's game. Which is the uh, which is exciting with yeah. the uh, South Croydon Premier Women's Team against the South Belgrave Listerfield Wolves. So, a lot to cover. Uh, <laughs> and thank you for joining us uh, today. And we'll see you next time at the footy. And uh, O'Regan probably just outside his distance, oh. although he's made a fool of me there. Beautiful kick. What a season he's had, Mark O'Regan. He puts through. Okay, bursting through. Birds off one. Kicks around the corner.